T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Thanks so much for coming together today uh, to do our community meeting about blizzard response. I'm gonna introduce our core team here. I'm Jessica Bauer-Walker from Connect and the Community Health Worker Network of Buffalo. I'm one of the founders and um, leading organizations and partners for Anchor, and I'm gonna pass it over to my colleague, Rawa. Good afternoon, everyone. Happy Friday to all of you. My name is Rawa Gramatian. I go by she, her pronouns. Um, I'm the executive director. Recording in progress. Bush Buffalo, but today's actually my last official day as ED, uh, but I'm a co-founder of Anchor and Core, and it's great to be here with you. And I will, um, who am I giving it to? Oh, Michael Martin. Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, Michael Martin, Executive Director at Native American Community Services. Um, and, and I'm not sure, I can't see everybody. So Jess or Rob, if you can help me, who do I get past to? No problem, so, we got you. I'm in my uh, can you pass it over to Kelly? Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, my name is Kelly Dodd. I'm with 211 uh, New York. And who should I pass to? Do we have, yep, do we have, um, Thomas Beaufort or Melissa Spikes Archer from Urban League with us. Okay, not yet. So Urban League is one of our other core partner organizations. And then we also have Erie County Restorative Justice Coalition. And um, unfortunately, Dina Thompson has a conflict, but those are our core partner organizations that are part of our anchor team. Um, if you're new to Anchor, we'll share just a little bit more about who we are and what we do. You can see from the chat that we've got a broad representation here of uh, community-based organizations across sectors, both very grassroots and larger human service organizations. We have um, government with us. I think that we've got um, our deputy county executive with us and um, from the city of Buffalo, uh, director of citizen services should be joining us shortly, Buffalo Public Schools. Um, philanthropy, academia. So we've got a really broad cross-section of community represented here. So thank you all for being here today. And um, we always wanna make sure that we check in with people and that we also um, kind of get a baseline because we do have so, so many people in the meeting, we won't be able to allow for in individual introductions. 
but we are going to do a quick meeting poll here that I am going to launch. And we're just going to ask you to weigh in here in terms of how you're doing. One is I'm pretty terrible today. We hope you're not at a one. And five is I'm doing amazing. And then two, three, and four would be in between. So please let us know how you're doing. And then our second question is, how would you rate the overall blizzard response? So in our overall community, um, how did we do? From one to very bad to five, we did excellent. So we'll give you a minute to weigh in on the poll there. How you doing? How did our community do? And we'll share the results. Okay, looks like we got about 75% of people that have participated. We're gonna give you five more seconds. All right, three, two, one, done. Share the results, okay. So here's where we're at. We don't have anybody at a one or a two, we're really glad. Uh, we got some people hanging out in the middle there, about 30% of us. We've got a lot of fours here, most of us coming in at a four. I tend to be a four myself. And we've got three lucky people who are feeling amazing right now. So thank you for bringing your positive energy to this meeting. And then how would you rate our overall blizzard response? We've got about, we've got two people, 7% of us who say very bad. We have 28% who say two, so uh, probably not so good. Most of us hanging out there in the middle again, 55%, um, 16 of us say three, we've got 10% at a four and we have nobody at a five. So that is where we're at in terms of how we're doing and how we thought we did for the blizzard. And we're going to share a little bit more um, and, and debrief together as, uh, as a group shortly. All right. So um, thanks again. And so we're going to share just a couple short slides. I see some people are, are private chatting me. And I'm sorry, I'm going to have a hard time <laughs> responding to that. I will as I can. But um, you can also ask one of our other uh, co-hosts um, if I'm facilitating actively, if you have a question. Um, and we will do our best to answer questions as we go through the meeting. You can also put questions that you have in the chat and we encourage everybody to help answer those questions not just us as facilitators because this is a community response. So if you have a question or you have a need, um, we'll try to answer those questions as best as we can as facilitators, but feel free to, if you can answer a question that somebody has, please feel free to do so. Share resources in the chat. We are recording this and we will send meeting notes out afterwards as well. Okay, so I'm gonna share my screen here and we're gonna just do a quick overview of what we're doing here and what we hope to do today. All right, so this is our Anchor Coalition, stands for Addressing Needs for Community Health Opportunity and Resiliency. And this is what we hope to do today, our welcome and introductions, what we've done, recap of our Anchor Blizzard work, talk a little bit about how we organize here, which is around a strategy called asset-based community development. And then we'll do some quick asset mapping and asset mobilizing and come up with some next steps. Rawa, can I bounce it over to you just to explain what, what Anchor is, who we are and what we do? Sure. Uh, so Anchor, it came together really um, as a community-based organization to respond to major um, uh, moments in our flashpoints in our community. It really started with the COVID-19 pandemic when it was very clear that we needed a, a very different way to respond to what was happening in our community and to do that through an equity lens. 
um, primarily, you know, the Community Health Worker Network of Buffalo and many of the community-based organizations. We work across sectors and we work on social determinants of health. And we knew that certain communities, whether it's a global pandemic, whether it's another type of a crisis or a big weather event, uh, certain areas in our community, and you can look them up by zip code, are going to um, suffer disproportionate negative impacts. And so um, Anchor really came together again you know, we're here to address the needs uh, using an equity or social determinants of health lens um, to um, build both, you know, top down, meaning all these large systems that we have to interact with, along with community members, and then build bridges between the two systems so that we are all communicating effectively and efficiently to address um, the needs of the most vulnerable people in our community. Thanks, Rala. So asset-based community development, really simple organizing strategy where we are asset-based, which means we're built on positive. So this is how Anchor operates. We, we bring all of our resources to the table. Um, it's relationship-driven, so it's centered on people. A lot of times, you know, we start to talk about organizations or systems. You might have experience with asset mapping where we're saying, like, here's the hospital or here's the school. And those are important assets, but really, first and foremost, we're relationship-driven and grounded in people that are here and our relationships with each other. And then lastly, it is locally focused, so we're focused on a physical place. Um, again, there's lots of helpful online platforms and other ways um, to interact with each other, but we are very focused on our, our local community of Buffalo in terms of how we're organizing ourselves. And then we put those principles into practice through asset mapping, which is finding all the good things that we have to work with and asset mobilizing, which means we don't just make an asset map and put it on the shelf. We do something with those assets that we have. So that's what we're going to practice doing today. All right. And then in terms of um, crisis response. So this is sort of how we operate. These are some standards from the national voluntary organizations um, and easy to remember four C's and four R's. So crisis response should include communication, coordination, collaboration, and cooperation. And then to put those into practice, we need these four R's, which are relationships, resources, roles, and responsibilities. Again, that's what we've been doing here. And that's what, in terms of how we mobilized um, with Anchor and with our core partners, um, how we were responding to the crisis of the blizzard and previous crises as well. Um, and then we're going to talk after we get some updates today uh, from our city and county um, partners um, and community groups that have been doing a lot of work. What are the assets that exist in our community and our blizzard response? Again, remembering to focus on people relationships and what is already available that we have to work with. Um, so there's some really amazing things that happened and people who stepped up, uh, very heroic efforts that happened in the blizzard. So we want to talk about what went well. We will then talk about what are some of the needs and opportunities for us to do better because there was there's certainly some areas that we can improve on. And then we'll talk about next steps that we can collectively take together. Again, our focus is really on equity and making sure that we are focusing on our most vulnerable members of our community uh, so, so we'll talk about next steps with, with that focus on hand. All right, so that's our quick overview of what we're hoping to do today. And um, that's how we'll move forward. I am going to ask Michael Martin if he is still with us here. We always like to kind of ground the space before we get into the nuts and bolts of our meeting and um, reminding everybody that we are on Haudenosaunee land and we are really grateful to have Native American Community Services and Michael Martin is one of our core partners remind, reminding us of 
keeping our humanity centered when we're doing this work. So if Michael can just give us a, a short reminder on keeping a good mind as we do this work and practicing a spirit of thanksgiving, that'll help us to move forward in a positive and productive way. All right, thanks, Jess. When the team asked me to do it, I was a little frazzled because I was trying to get to where, get to uh, to my office to take the meeting, and I was behind right behind schedule. But it's in those times we need to practice these things, right? To to reground ourselves and recenter ourselves, and not let those situations being frazzled or panicked or rushed or you know to kind of out our good minds, as we say. And I wanted to to lift up. You know, we always have those moments of gratitude, but I wanted to lift up a little something different um, with. Um, um, Monday being Martin Luther King Day, and Martin Luther King was also a messenger of peace. And, and in my presentations, I always talk like throughout every culture, religion, there's messengers of peace that come with those same core principles of peace and nonviolence and common humanity. And certainly, Martin Luther King was more modern uh, uh, representation of that. For us as a Haudenosaunee people, we had who we called our peacemaker who unified the original five nations and then six nations of our confederacy around the great law of peace of peace power and and good-mindedness and you know when we talk about peace it's balance and harmony within ourselves balance and harmony with each other and balance and harmony with the natural world when we talk about power it's not the power like control or advantage over another it's the power of unity the power of the collective the power of coming together and this good-mindedness is um it's an individual power but also a collective power and, you know, in a couple of weeks, many of our longhouses across our communities are going to be beginning what we call our midwinter ceremonies, which is the end of one cycle and the beginning of another. And we gather and put our good minds together to give thanks. But when we do our dances, you know, my elders always told me that when we're doing our dances, we're sending that vibration out into the world. We're sending it out to wake up and uh, to the natural world. And, you know, those vibrations, we believe strongly in that energy that we emit as powerful beings ourselves. But in, in terms of that collective power too, we create a renda when we get more energy than we can get as individuals together when we put our good minds together. And that energy, we often, for many on here, I know our helpers in the community care passionately about their community, their people, their families, loved ones, friends. And we spend a lot of time sending you know, whether you want to call them vibrations, or I know there's like a lot of prayers for Damar Hamlin, you know, that energy we're putting out into the world to try to help other people. But I want you to be also cognizant of the fact that that energy is out there for you to receive as well. And we have to take those moments to receive, whether that's practices, some people do it through meditation, some people do it, you know, I just saw something about pausing, you know, and sometimes we have to pause. But I just want you to take a moment the, you would close your eyes or, you know, when, when we're, we're panicking, we, we say, take, just take a deep breath, but we, I, I call it the breath of life because when you do so, you're taking all the power of energy, the energy of the natural world, all that power and love that people are sending out for you to receive. And we have to be mindful to receive it because we are so much about giving. So I just, I'm, and I'm going to send it from my heart because my heart touches the beats and my heart touches uh, atoms that get into my skin, that touch the air, and those those will go all around the world. And so in this moment, I'm going to close my eyes and give that love and support to you. And I'm going to breathe that out there. And then, so I hope you close your eyes or just take this moment to receive it. And then I'm also going to receive those that are giving it back to me as well, just as we give it to each other. So in this space, so take a deep breath and you can send your love and support and good thoughts out. 
but more importantly too, take a deep breath and, and receive it that's out there for you as well. And take that into your being, into your good mind, into your heart. You feel it with your lungs and throughout all of your body. And because we are challenged oftentimes, you know, because we are often giving, we have to be mindful to fill ourselves back up. So let's do that one more time just to take a deep breath and receive for once and realize because we're so much about giving. Let's just receive because it does help us to be stronger and to be a resource for others when they're in need. And so we'll do that one last time. Take a deep breath and just receive all of that love, support, and good wishes that people have for you, including myself. So. Uh, hopefully you can use that as a practice to recenter yourself. But it, it was a reminder that we do give, but you also have to take those moments to receive as well. So with that, I'll say now we go. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Michael. Really appreciate it. Thank you, everybody who's doing this work and um, taking care of our community and each other and a reminder that we need to be taking care of ourselves, too. All right, so we are gonna move into our meeting with that spirit. And I see that we've got our deputy county executive with us, Lisa Chimera. Um, Lisa, are you able to give us a update from the county perspective in terms of how the county interacted um, with Anchor and the community and also kind of where you're at right now in terms of blizzard recovery? Uh, thank you, Jessica. And I also wanna congratulate you um, and your team on the great article in the Buffalo News. I thought it was so timely, so beneficial. And I wanna just say one more time what, um, what Anchor did for me and um, my ability to provide direct resources in such a, an immediate fashion. Um, so I, you know, and I'm not gonna go over exactly how that all worked because many of you were on these calls. Um, but it, it made really great partnerships um, during the storm where immediate action could take place, but it also has given us opportunities to reflect on how we can prepare ourselves for the next time. And we keep being told there's going to be a next time. And I think it's important to take the lessons we learned and the connections we've made to start planning for that. So, um, so first of all, um, we were able to connect with a community foundations group organization um, to assist with, um, it's such a terrible thing that we have to discuss, but with burials. Um, and we needed to, um, our um, uh, individuals in the county partnered with them. They, they were able to secure funding. Um, to provide families with the necessary resources to provide proper, proper burials for individuals who lost their lives during the storm. Um, great partnerships, um, and that was an immediate need that we, we have addressed. You have provided so much information on your websites and links to provide individuals resources um, which is so greatly appreciated, which is what we, we have been able to share that at the county level. Um, the other thing that, that we're doing, in fact, today, um, I am meeting with the United Way to talk about how we can come up with some resource 
boxes, backpacks. I'm not really sure what that looks like, um, but how can we provide communities with um, resources during uh, events like this, during weather events like this? So um, actually um, representatives from the United Way and individuals from the county are coming to my office um, actually in um, uh, half an hour. <laughs> so um, that, that will be discussed. Um, also, one of the things um, during the November storm, we realized that we needed to provide um, constituents, um, I, I guess, uh, we, we saw there was a need for the county to connect um, in an immediate fashion. So the 858 snow line was developed for this event. Again, never in a million years thinking it would be accessed the way it was. And never did we think that it was going to provide um, guidance and support during life and death situations. So after reflecting on that and gathering a lot of data, um, we identified how we can improve that line. And I'm actually meeting with Kelly Dodd from 211 on the importance of triaging those calls um, for the next event and how, how the county can partner with 211. So I think Kelly and I are meeting in a couple of weeks to talk about um, how we can provide immediate assistance for residents, um, support uh, through 858, 858 um, SNOW and 2-1-1. Um, we're continuing to lobby for um, increased FEMA uh, financial support for the county. Um, that is going to be crucial in providing um, not only financial reimbursement to governments, but also to businesses and to individuals. So that is happening. Um, I've worked with our legislators at the county to talk about what they did during this snow event and how we can work collaboratively with um, many of the organizations who are on today. So it is, it has moved from what can we do during the storm to what can we learn from what we did during the storm to better prepare ourselves for the future. Thank you so much, Deputy County Executive. Um, if folks have any questions, um, please put them in the chat and we will do our best to answer them. Um, again, we really appreciate that the county worked with us and um, Deputy County Executive stayed in consistent communication with us. And from our first meeting, we were able to triage quite a few things from coming together and aligning the knowledge and the resources of community with the institutional capacity that the county has. So that's the way that we wanna be working. Um, I know Oswaldo Mestri had another event and he was going to be joining us afterwards. I don't, Oz, you're not in the meeting yet, are you? All right, we'll keep an eye out for him. Um, I do see Buffalo Board of Block Clubs is in the meeting as well. Thank you for joining us. And um, the Block Clubs, again, are an important partner and a lot of our community-based responses are anybody here from our mutual aid groups, Buffalo Blizzard, Facebook page, Buffalo Mutual Aid. Okay, they've been feeding us a lot of information and really actively involved too. Um, so we wanna honor the work that was done there as well. And um, we'd also ask Buffalo Public Schools to join us. Anybody from Buffalo Public Schools here is able to give a report. 
think Ebony Bullock was going to be joining us a little bit later too. Nope, not yet. Okay. Um, all right. So I think that while uh, we're waiting for some of our other responses, Rao or anybody else in the core team, anything else that you want to lift up in terms of the background information or other updates from um, the, the city or the county or the work that we've been doing to coordinate? Okay, so um, we'll we'll pause if we have our our partners join us from the city and the county um, to get some updates from them. Again, if you have questions, please put them in the chat. But we'll move into the discussion portion of our meeting uh, that we talked about before. So I'm going to put these prompts in the chat. Um, I think we're going to stay in the larger group versus do breakouts. Does that work for? Does that make sense? Stay in a large group. Okay. All right, so reminding everybody of what our prompts here are. Rawa, can you read those off, lift those up for the group? Yes. <clears throat> so what are the assets that exist in our community? Blizzard response um, um, and remembering to focus on people, relationship, and what is already available in our space slash place, meaning in the city, the county. And you know, we have a lot of infrastructure in this city um, and does need better coordination and collaboration, but how do we actually fortify um, those systems, whether it's the Board of Block Clubs, whether it's 211, communicating with the county, with the city, um, and addressing a lot of these needs in ways that are really coordinating and meeting the needs of the people. Um, what are the needs and opportunities for us to grow into and do better? <clears throat> Obviously, we know that this storm was the storm of a lifetime, but, you know, as a person who's been working on climate policy for over a decade, we know that these storms are going to continue to um, increase, um, they're going to get worse, um, and they're all going to be storms of a lifetime, each and every single one of them. We also know that Buffalo, being the third poorest city in America, has a lot of vulnerable communities and vulnerable people. Um, and so what are ways that we can be directing investments to those communities now to shore them up for the next event that we have? Um, and what's, what next step should we take with a focus on equity? Uh, one of the things, you know, that really brought me into alignment with the Community Health Worker Network and Connect um, many years ago as it was forming <clears throat> was this idea that, you know, we all have a lot of um, talent, skills, and local knowledge. You know, when you do place-based initiatives, there are things that you're not going to find in the libraries or in, acad in academic settings. But if you actually talk to the people that are on the ground, they can give you a whole history on their neighborhood, their blocks, right? And this all really important information as we begin to think in terms of how do we identify our assets in a community? And then how do we link them to the infrastructure that already exists or help to fortify and strengthen that infrastructure so that we actually all have equitable neighborhoods that we're all living in and that we all have connections to resources and an ability to be able to not only access the resources, but actually utilize them in ways that are helpful to the people that need them. Thanks so much, Rawa. Okay, so we're gonna start out with the assets, what went well. Um, so we're, we can ask some people to come off mute and share your perspective. And if you can do so briefly, because we don't have a whole lot of time, but um, if some folks would like to get some different perspectives, so it's really helpful to hear from the deputy county executive in terms of the institutional and county perspective. Um, we know we've got a lot of different uh, a diversity of folks here with a lot of different perspectives and experiences. So we'd love to have some people share verbally in terms of what you saw to be 
think really good things that happened, some ways that we were really successful. Um, so we'll start on that. We'll start with the strengths, what is strong versus what is wrong. Um, and we also would in, invite everybody, if you can, to weigh in in the chat. So we wanna be collecting stories and things that, that went well. Um, media partners, we do have media here. Thank you for, for being with us, media partners. If you have questions, feel free to use the chat and, and interact with each other there as we have some people share verbally too. So anybody wanna share, you can raise your hand um, or come off of mute and share what, what good things happened in terms of our blizzard response. I'll right. hop in. This is Nicole from United Way. Um, I would say the ability for everybody to pitch in where needed and make sure that the community did receive the resources uh, and items that they were requesting um, so, so quickly from, from everybody. Thank you, Nicole. This is Michelle at Catholic Charities. Um, I'll just say real quick, um, I, I really appreciated Jessica and team that Anchor took the lead in coordination because I think there's a lot of parallel. What do we do? And to get the invitation to come together was absolutely fabulous. Um, and I think it is the start of a more intentional as we move forward readiness development team. Um, I will say from a Catholic Charities perspective, we ourselves as an organization were able to provide continuity of services where continuity of services could be provided remotely. But the reality was a lot of the needs were basic needs that required in-person assistance and the challenges with our team members even getting to the spaces um, to open up our food pantry. Um, or have, you know, like it was, the plowing was an issue. Our plow guys couldn't get to our locations to clear our sites. Um, and then, so maybe one thing would also be is, is what happened maybe organically was the National Guard was bringing essential workers to the place of work. So maybe thinking about uh, a plan for that, for the, the non-health related kind of things. Uh, for the things that we saw. And maybe a lot of that comes from the, the calls to 211 around what were people calling for. Thanks very much. Anyone else want to share? Mia, can you share in terms of the um, some of the community stuff that was happening? I know MVP was on the ground and the Bengali Community Association. We had a lot of amazing community-based efforts. Can you give us some perspective on that. Um, well, we were just basically trying to um, respond to whatever needs people needed at that moment, but we were delivering food and milk and uh, some minor essentials that people needed. Um, they actually incurred a bunch of tickets, like $4,000 worth of tickets, um, but the city said that they were going to take care of it for them. Um, but yeah, for uh, approximately three days, I would say straight, we just, they prepared the food and then we helped to uh, distribute the food. And we also worked with um, Western New York Resource uh, Council, I believe it is, on East Ferry Street. Yeah, we helped them. They, they were giving out essentials as well and some food items. And we just helped deliver uh, them to places that you know needed them, people who couldn't get out. Um, I went to rent a big rugged four-wheel uh, truck to make sure that we could get through the snow. And um, you know, we just did our best to 
try to get through to who who needed us and you know try to break that line as far as cultures go and you know just help whomever work with whomever to get the job done so hopefully we can continue that thanks very much mia I can chime in a little bit about things that work well. I'm Khadija from Connect, um, for those who have, um, does not know me. But I was just going to say there was kind of like help um, for every situation, if not all, um, sorry, almost every situation, if not all. So it's, it's like if I need diapers for my kid, there was some person out there that can get me diapers for my kid. If I am this person and I can't eat a certain type of food, there is someone that can give me the type of food I can't eat. I really appreciate how there were so many people that came together helping people in different situations from diapers to to a kid needing some special milk, um, like being one of those parents myself, if I was one of those people that needed, you know, my kid needed uh, milk, I knew that that exact milk, someone out there can get it for me. And just, you know, some people out there only eat halal food. So there was someone out there that has halal food. So it wasn't like, it was this equity thing that was going on with this um, response. Um, everybody had someone that can help them. That was like the best thing about this whole thing. <laughs> One thing I can say, though, um, I agree with the need of having more unity so that we can work um, more efficiently. Um, there were different groups that were passionate about what they were doing and really want what they really were helping, but could have helped even more if they had help in organizing how they were doing what they were doing. Um, and we would have been able to um, keep track of things better. Like, you know, you guys have a group of folks that are uh, well organized and, you know, keep track of things. But then you have a group over here who just wants to work and just wants to get it done. Um, if those two groups come together, then we'll be uh, more productive um, because there was so much that was done but it wasn't documented. So if it wasn't documented, then the information is not gathered as to what areas needed what products. That information we could have used later on or next time you have a blizzard, you can go back to that information and say, well, this is what happened last time. But you know, unfortunately, in a lot of instances that didn't happen. So hopefully moving forward, now that you've created this group, Jessica, or you know, you guys have this group, we can connect this group with some of the other groups and then help them to be more organized so that it can flow. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that, Mia. So we're going to talk about some of the opportunities that are there in just a moment. So that's a good segue. Um, but just getting a couple more positive things and then we'll move on to that next piece in terms of um, some of the challenges that we encountered and some, some opportunities for moving forward. I do see we've had a couple people add comments to the, the chat as well. Um, I see Ms. Barr has said, although it was I was snowed in for a while, I very much appreciated the constant online flow of conversation and was able to give direction where I could. Grateful. So thank you, Ms. Barr is one of our community leaders. Ms. Barr, are you able to come off of mute? Do you want to share anything else verbally? Um, I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, again, I give you I give all props and kudos for the people that were able to physically get out there. Um I had gone back to my common council member and tried to restart the conversation about emergency hubs per district. 
I had brought this conversation maybe six years, seven years ago, and they were like, oh, that's a great idea. And I'm like, yeah, it was a great idea when I introduced it the first time. But, you know, for communities like mine that are kind of locked in and we don't have resources, um, I, I, it makes sense to me that if you know there's something coming, we have a space that could be opened and it could be used for emergency purposes. It could be stocked so that, you know, people don't have to run all over the city looking for diapers and looking for baby formula. And I mean, we can stock a building and make sure that there's somebody that's there to um, be available for, for the community that they're in. So, you know, to me, emergency hubs is, is, is really the conversation right now per district because it doesn't make sense to be using resources where you're, you know, overextending people that they have to be running all over the city. It's not necessary. So I'll leave that there. Thank, Thank you. you. I appreciate it. Yeah. So we know that, that that sort of happened organically. But again, a lot of that work was done being coordinated by Buffalo Blizzard um, as a Facebook group. And that was one of the recommendations that we had that we put in our Buffalo News um, editorial and that leaders like Ms. Barr, who've been grounded in community for a very long time, have been asking for. So we're asking our institutional partners to help us with that. We've got Buffalo Board of Block Clubs and others. We need to have localized community-based hubs so that we can respond quickly with community leaders that are trusted and um, that have connections to other resources in community and to city and county and Buffalo Public Schools and our institutional partners to be able to get things done in a localized way. So we're hopeful that we can work on that as a next step so that we can be proactive versus reactive moving forward. All right, Raul, I wanna lift up anything else from the chat in terms of good things and then we'll move on to our next prompt here. Yeah, I think one of the things um, that I really wanted to lift up and somebody, again, Edema is also naming uh, the Buffalo Blizzard Group. I, you know, a big shout out to them. Um, <clears throat> These are not organizers. These are not policymakers. These are just everyday citizens that certainly identified their own assets, which is an ability to have access to technical proficiency, right? They could start a Facebook group. They could keep that information going and vetting. They're at home. They're stuck. They're also in a blizzard, but they never lost power, right? And so, you know, one of the things that I can tell you um, significantly reduced the amount of deaths was creating anchor during the COVID pandemic, where we were able to a talk to you know many of us as community-based organizations. We already have a pulse on the ground, right? We're canvassing our neighborhoods. We know um, intimately uh, some of the challenges that they are facing, and so we took that knowledge, but then connected it to philanthropy and government, these larger institutions, um, public health, education, public education, and coordinated all of these efforts, right? Um, and so what we introduced, and I think it's now become kind of like a ter terminology that's pretty well known in Buffalo, but I will tell you that in early 2020, I don't think it really was, which is this concept of mutual aid, right? Um, in these types of situations, the benefits of mutual aid are incredibly helpful and minimize the amount of loss of life, actually getting information to people because many of us being isolated in that way and being starved for information also actually weighs in on us like emotionally, physically, spiritually, in every way, feeling pretty disconnected and not knowing what to do is very isolating. Um, some of the things that really happened organically somebody, 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 were things like 
um, you know, people saying, I, I have not lost power. This is where I live. If you need to be warmed or whatever, you can come to my house. We can make it like just thinking specifically about folks right in their block. Right. Uh, we were able to like, Again, uh, when we had the um, director of student, service, student services say there might be flooding, making sure that our, um, our receivers for stormwater be cleared out. Like I was able to send a message to my Facebook, you know, block club and say, hey, everybody, when you're shoveling, shovel out all of the storm drains and receivers um, on our blocks. Right. So the benefits of that is um, like, I don't know, you can't pay for it. Um, but at the same time. You know, we really need these larger systems and the infrastructure that we have to be invested in differently. And exactly like Ms. Barr was saying, which is we need these community hubs. We need to be able to train the people that are in those neighborhoods. And we know, I can tell you, any event, any major flashpoint in our community, 14215 is going to suffer the most. They have the most shutoffs and utilities. They have the worst health outcomes. They have the least access to uh, fresh resources and grocery stores and transportation. You name it, I, we can just go across the entire thing. So when we know a storm is coming, and this is just like now really talking about what are some things that we can improve, is that resources should have actually been deployed to those neighborhoods immediately, right? We know where the community centers are water, diapers, all kinds of other provisions. Um, there needs to be some kind of messaging that is sent out specifically to those folks in advance to let them know what the what the um, provisions are, where to go, the addresses, community schools, community centers, whatever, churches, whatever they may be, where are these hubs where we've deployed that? And then I think the other big thing that we could have easily done is deployed actually generators, because even if those communities say never lost power, the reality is, we know that there is an incredible amount of utility shutoffs in those neighborhoods, right? So regardless of what happens, we know a storm is coming, we should be deploying generators to those neighborhoods. So those are the kinds of, you know, asset mapping um, sort of um, exercises we'd like to do with you today and around, you know, what other ideas besides some of the things that I've named. Thank you, Rawa. Um, again, I see people adding in more to the chat, which is really helpful. And a lot of times we're not putting these things in buckets, right? Like sometimes the, the assets that we have help us to identify some opportunities, like Mia said before, like, yes, there was amazing community efforts going on. And we could have leveraged that to an even greater capacity if we were doing a better job communicating, right? Um, Kelly, maybe you can add some of the um, some quick context or you can put it in the chat too in terms of collecting information. That has been one of our questions too is how are we deploying resources, right? Like what is the system that is used? Um, you know, how are we fielding calls when the county sets up the 858 snow line or the, the city has the 311? How are we making sure that folks who need help the most get those resources with an equity approach. And I think that's something that we're working on building and there's an openness to, but there's work that needs to be done there. So I know that um, Kelly's been collecting some, some of that data through 211. Um, do you wanna lift that up briefly? And then also folks start weighing in in the chat here in terms of opportunities, things that could have gone better and what we need to do to move forward more effectively and be more proactive versus reactive uh, when we have another crisis. Yeah, thank you, Jessica. Um, in the aftermath of the Blizzard 211 mobilized a specific Blizzard resource page 
that was kind of essentially a, a living, breathing document that as we learned about resources or responses that were happening in the community, we would post them on that page so that they were available, not just to the folks that were calling 211, but to anyone who had access to that page. I would, um, you know, post it on the Buffalo Blizzard Facebook group a lot too, so that folks had that as well. Um, but from a 211 perspective, you know, we're constantly trying to um, understand what the resources are in the community because they're constantly changing. So it is a, a partnership or a relationship that we we have with agencies. Um, you know, we reach out to them. We hope they reach out to us, um, especially those that are utilizing 211 as a tool. Um, we want to make sure that the folks that are um, in need of services know that the services you have are available to them. So we really want to facilitate that connection, but we really need the help and participation of the agencies and the providers in the community to do that. Um, so um, in addition to, you know, just reaching out to 211 directly, calling or emailing and saying, hey, we're doing this pop-up event or we have this resource specific to the Blizzard, um, we did put together a survey asking, you know, what offerings you have that are, you know, outside of the normal scope of your services. Um, I'll admit we didn't get a great response, so <laughs> I'm happy to send out that survey again. But, you know, perhaps that's also just a reflection of, of what is um, available in the community right now is that, you know, we are doing what we can with the resources that we have, that we aren't, um, you know, able to, to mobilize additional resources, but we have we are a resource-rich community. Typically, it's just making sure that people are connected to the services they need. So um, that's really one thing that we want to continue to do. Um, 211 does have a text messaging application. So we have been um, not just uh, receiving communication from community members by text, but pushing out messaging to community members to let them know that you know they can report their storm damage to us and we can connect them to services that are addressing that damage. But that also helps us to um, be able to report to the city and the county, like, this is the scope of the need that we are seeing, and this is the scope of the unmet need that we're seeing in the community. Um, and I think, you know, moving forward, we are interested in what can 211 do, do to push out those kind of text messages during or in the aftermath of the response. Um, as long as the community is ready to respond to those, this, you know, heightened need, right? We don't want to overwhelm resources either. So um, it is a partnership that we have with the, with the agencies in the community um, about, you know, opening communication both ways so that we're all able to successfully um, meet the needs of community members. And I will definitely put that survey in the chat. Thank you. Thanks, Kelly. All right, so we see a lot of other things that are coming through the, the chat here too. Um, just lifting up some of those things briefly. Uh, I think a lot of what we're seeing here is sort of like unrealized assets, right? Like there's a lot of stuff there. It's poorly coordinated. People don't know about things like connecting. As Kelly was just saying, um, 211 is only as good as community members inform it, right? Like because things are constantly changing. So that's a lot of the work that we do as community health workers is understanding the needs in community, knowing what is out there, connecting the dots, right? Because just the physical infrastructure is not gonna be enough. There has to be actual human beings in the mix who are making those connections in a trauma-informed and community and culturally responsive way. Um, so let's help to, to build two-on-one up as a robust tool. Um, some of the other stuff I'm seeing in here too is better communication. Like a lot of us, didn't really understand the severity of the blizzard 
that was coming, right? And things like, um, no, walk, don't go outside, not just don't drive, don't go outside at all. It's dangerous and deadly to go outside. Um, it was the end of the year, people were like wrapping things up. I mean, I, I didn't even realize the severity of what was going on. I was trying to wrap up the year as <laughs> running a, an organization preparing for the holidays. And, um, you know, at the last minute was running out trying to, to get supplies um, with very little time. So I think better communications infrastructure ways to leverage our institutions seem to be important things as well. Um, anything else that you're seeing in the chat there, Rawa, that we wanna lift up in terms of opportunities? There's so many opportunities I really love. Um, I think Sam Nephew around getting people in neighborhoods even trained in cardiac and CPR skills just because so many people tend to have these types of health events um, during snow blizzards. Um, really great ideas around. And, and yeah, we, we're still not done. There's still a lot of people that are dealing with the aftermath of what happened in the storm. And so um, Kara lifted up that we really need resources to assist people um, to address, you know, ho housing concerns and other kinds of things that have come up um, because of the storm. Thank you. Uh, Deputy County Executive, did you have something else to share? Yes, thank you, Jessica. I need to hop off because I have to get to um, another meeting. But just a couple, you know, I I am so appreciative of these meetings because it gives me a robust to-do list and also just really um, reinforces the to-do list that I've already created. So um, I appreciated Samantha also talking about CPR and first aid. The, um, the, the county can provide that. So I wanna connect with you on how to get that, how to get community organizations trained in first aid and CPR. Um, the other thing is, is I think we also need to come up with a, a training component on what to do during a storm. So, I mean, we could absolutely, you know, put together, you know, a training component that could be held at schools, you know, at, um, you know, in community groups. Um, and I think that would be really important to do right now. We learned so much. We need a mechanism to get the information out um, in multiple, multiple ways not just through press conferences and TV, but how can we push that information forward? That's already been a conversation that we've had at the county level on how to get information out quickly and broadly. Um, so we, we are working on that. Um, and the other thing is, well, two, two other things. Um, so the county has a robust emergency operations center that is activated prior to a storm. And one of the things that um, I, have, I have learned is that um, this group, all of these organizations need to be part of that emergency operations center. And, um, and I think that, you know, having, we met, you know, early on and it solved issues immediately we were able to deploy plows to feed more, to get them, you know, to open up. We were able to open up in um, community shelters that needed food immediately. We did diapers, formula. We were able to coordinate the National Guard delivering um, really important specialized needs and not only just medication, although that was critical. Um, so that emergency operations center must include the involvement of community groups, which again, the county um, is already going to address. And finally, 
um, the meeting that I have in five minutes with the United Way um, is talking about creating those those uh, resource packs. And but the resource packs need to be in those emergency hubs that were mentioned. So what do the where will those hubs be? Um, how can we prepare them? How can we make sure that they have generators? So if they lose power, that won't be an issue. So um, again, these meetings are so crucial for me. As Deputy County Executive, I appreciate everybody's time, partnership, and um, I'm just excited to, that this work is continuing as crucial as it was during the storm. It is as crucial after the storm in getting ready for the next time. So I apologize that I have to leave, but um, I, do have an, I do have another meeting. So thank you, everyone. Thank you. We will be in touch and we will definitely be taking you up on that offer to have community as part of the emergency response teams. Absolutely. Thank you right. so much. Take care. Great day. All right. I do see that we have um, leadership from Buffalo Public Schools in the city of Buffalo that's joined us too. And we also only have four more minutes. So recapping some of the things that we talked about here briefly, um, I think the, the group seems to be in agreement across um, different perspectives and experiences. A lot of good things happened. Community did some really amazing things. The connections between community and um, some of the institutions with resources and our ability to deploy quickly um, really ended up saving a lot of lives and you know, getting clear communications out and things like that. Um, seems like there was also some missed opportunities in terms of not being proactive enough, not having some shared communication. One of the things that I'm hearing repeatedly is we need neighborhood level hubs. We need people working together. Um, and we need to make sure that we're resourcing community-based efforts and creating some organization and infrastructure. So if we can maybe have um, as well though, Mestri from the city weigh in briefly in terms of kind of how the city can move forward in partnership with us. And then I see Ebony Bullock from Buffalo Public Schools, um, if you can do the same as well. We start with you, Oz. Hey, Jessica, um, my apologies for being late. I had a conflict here as the Deputy County Executive's going. I'm, I'm jumping on this listening to um, a lot here. I, I agree with Jessica in terms of um, working with in developing neighborhood hubs. Um, obviously, we know with the city of Buffalo, we have city community centers. Obviously, if this is an event that's affecting the city of Buffalo, and there's events that, and when I'm talking about an event, I'm talking about the blizzard that are affecting the county altogether. Um, want to be able to work with you and that my question here is, is how granular do you want to get, right? Um, and when we're thinking about developing these community hubs is not to um, leave out those community organizations, community-based organizations, but block clubs and organizations um, similar like that too. I'm going to hopefully try to get in that conversation with the county and the United Way because I'm working with the Board of Block Clubs and those develop those packs as well too. We've been um, talking about doing that, you know, at least with the um, with the community um, in, in terms of that too. So I want to thank you. I want to lift up Jessica for making sure that um, we are in the same ecosystem. We are. Um, and it's easier to talk in the ecosystem when the crisis is not in front of you and on top of you, as opposed to when that's happening. And so we can create these clear communications. I think um, we can all safely say that um, individually of things were happening at different times. Right now we are in a data collection mode too, so that we can um, hopefully try to get reimbursed um, for a lot of the information. I mean, the activities that was happening. 
um, but but want to be proactive in our reimbursement to say this is what we need moving forward, right? This is what we're looking at, not just equipment, but also um, those um, things that we can get to those communities um, right now. Fortifying some of the senior um, homes from VMHA. When I say fortifying, making sure they have generators and all those other different things. Those are the things that we're kind of looking at and checking. So I'm gonna. I'm going to pause here. I know I only had a few minutes and I know Jessica runs a type shit. And so she likes to keep people on time. And so I'm here writing down notes and I'll go back to listen to the um, the uh, the broadcast from Zoom. OK, thanks. We'll share the recording with you. I appreciate it. So, again, we really um, are excited about the, the city and county working together and in Buffalo Public Schools, too, because we don't have that level of resources. Right. And we're, we're moving between those different systems. Um, as well as with each other as community organizations. So the opportunity and commitment from what I'm hearing, the county, the city and Buffalo Public Schools to work with each other and work with us would help us to move forward tremendously. So thanks for being here as, and we look forward to you know coming together and working through a plan for how to make that happen. Um, so we're almost, we're at time here. Um, Ebony, I see you've been weighing in in the chat here, offering some of the resources from Buffalo Schools, but if you could just lift some of those up quickly as we move to close. Ebony, are you there? I, yeah. I am here. I'm sorry. I um, My office is a mess right now. Uh, amongst we are doing our postponed holiday dinner. So let me just get to a place where it doesn't look crazy. Um, so yeah, I think that BPS can help with um, making sure that um, communications get out. I like that's a probably an easy no, you know, no brainer kind of situation. Um, so there's things like uh, Lisa Kane, she can always blast it out via email to all of our email users. I think we could begin doing sort of like a community news area on um, our website or something specifically when there are storms or events of this nature where we could do um, a place for folks to you know, go and um, get information on how to get resources. I do also know that Dr. Reynolds has um, on the family engagement part of our website. And again, I know that this is probably more geared for folks who have services, are a little more tech savvy, but she could definitely try to add something on her family and community engagement site on our, our page on our website. Um, I do know that I did talk to uh, Dr. Williams and she said, you know, if we got flyers or materials, we can also begin staging them in front offices at schools. So when parents come to pick up their kids or drop off, um, you know, if we could encourage our principals to have an area in the office where it is for, you know, community resources and things of that nature, um, and maybe in doing it in a more refreshed way. I know that certainly there are some principals who do have um, an area in their office or their school where families can go and get resources. Um, I also would like to talk to Dr. Williams again, um, and I'll send her the summary that we received um, from this meeting about um, making sure that we go uh, with Dr. Reynolds and really take a good look at our parent centers, at our parent rooms, and see if they do have a well-defined space for parents and community members to get access quickly to resources, whether it's a bulletin board or or something of that nature, we may have to go to some buildings and just sort of refresh how they are communicating um, 
what services are out there for either acute situations like a blizzard or a storm, or just, you know, as a way to continue to let our community know um, about um, job readiness or any other kind of resources that they may need to um, help secure their family. Um, before, and thank I will you do so much for that. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna wrap sure. it up from there because we're past time here. Um, really appreciate those resources and the willingness to bring some of the infrastructure of Buffalo Schools to help with this, right? Just in terms of communication and knowing um, we've got children and families coming into those buildings and a lot of folks that are connected and seeing some of the needs. We know sometimes when people are in crisis, we're not knowing, right? Because it's hard to reach out for help when you're in active crisis. So I think Buffalo Schools can be a really helpful partner. Um, and we appreciate that Dr. Williams is making that commitment and to, to have the school district at the table. One of the other suggestions and requests has been to explore using community schools as sites, right? I mean, just a need for warming centers and the resources out of the buildings too. I know there's union issues and things like that, but maybe that's a discussion that we could have just in terms of leveraging the infrastructure that the school district has. Okay, we are gonna to move to wrap up. Thank you everybody so much for being here and doing some really quick asset mapping and needs assessment. Um, we will share this recording out. We will also share the, the meeting notes, all the things that have been in the chat here and um, links to the, the information gathering 211 is doing. And then we'll send a short survey out just in line with the discussion that we've had here too, um, because we do have several hundred people on our list. So we, we will create um, just a very simple community survey like this, right? Like what went well, what um, didn't go as, as well, and what can we do to move forward, collect that data, um, really working on building our quantitative and qualitative data sets so that we can have some really good solid ways for moving forward. Appreciate y'all being with us. We will stay in touch. Please reach out to us if you need any assistance. We'll stay on for a couple of minutes if anyone has any other needs. If not, stay safe, stay healthy, have a great weekend. Love and appreciate y'all. Bye everyone. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Have a good weekend. Go Bells. Go Bells. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.